Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Schools, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It is Saturday, October 21st, 2023, and this is the Congrega- Congregation at Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. We do this every day, and uh, it goes home as a half sheet. It comes out in the weekly email, and given that I get it sent, um, that way you can be daily in God's Word, praying, and of course we do it here uh, live on the video platforms, and it's available as a podcast for your uh, edification throughout the day. So uh, what I do is I actually pray it a few times a day when school's in session. We have uh, with the children in the morning and then uh, with you here online, and then also with my own family. And so uh, each is different, actually has a very different uh, kind of connotation. And so repetition also is, is helpful. If you want to listen or watch here and then do it with your family in the evening, uh, that might actually help you uh, in your instruction of your own children. So um, encourage that as well. All right. So with that, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's pray our psalm for the week, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, memory verse for the week. One more time. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament above, excuse me, the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. Yeah, sky above is how ESV translates firmament. So there you go. (coughs) Excuse me. All right, our catechism for the week is the first article of the Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. 
He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. All right, Uh, Sunday, that's tomorrow, our gospel text is the parable of the vineyard. I think we're going to do Matthew 22, uh, the workers in the vineyard, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And uh, so you'll hear actually a similar language about uh, flourishing and and, uh, water and and grapes and and all of that kind of language here. Um, Of course, the emphasis on Sunday is uh, it's actually the wedding feast, excuse me, the wedding feast. And um, the emphasis, of course, is the free gift of the feast, and yet how some refuse the gift. Right? And that's the offense, is, re- is actually refusing the gift of salvation um, in the way that the Lord gives it. All right? we try to, it's not that we don't want to be saved necessarily, but that we want to do it our way, or as uh, uh, Mr. Blue Eyes saying, right, I did it my way. Isaiah 55 is the Old Testament for tomorrow. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and let your soul delight. Oh, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. (laughs) Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You might uh, also hear echoes of uh, who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his uh, benefactor, right? Uh, The psalm. So, the mind of the Lord, it while it is not um, intuitive to us, it has been given to us to know, right? And this is what um, the prophet is speaking of here, that God has shown us his mind. He has to- uh, told us uh, what pleases him, right? Now, the problem is, is not only is it not intuitive to us, it's actually contrary to our reason and our sense. The idea that you could you could buy and eat without money and without price, well, how is that going to happen? How can... How can we get this bread and this money and this, or excuse me, this bread, this wine, this milk, without our doing? Well, he tells you, verse 3, listen, come to me, hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David, right? So it's a gracious gift. It's given. He will abundantly pardon, not um, through wages, because wages, the wages of sin and death, of course, um, but rather as a free gift of God, right? So here's what Luther has to say about it. This is an exhortation for Christians in the midst of their trials, lest disgust take control of them, the control of all of them. This is the most destructive pestilence in the church. 
We must be acutely on guard and alert, although we dwell in the sluggish flesh, and be militant in the exercise of the word, right? That in the midst of trials, we let disgust take control of us. This is a, a pestilence in the church, he says. No matter how much the secure flesh sleeps, as in the case of those who are already seized by this pestilence, we must nevertheless persevere against this temptation and overcome it. <clears throat> let no one seem to himself to have accomplished much in Scripture than to have heard many things, since in spite of, of that, he loses the knowledge of the word in forgetfulness day by day. Right? Seems like we've forgotten more than we've ever learned, right? From there, let the mind be restored and recleansed as from the fog of ignorance, so that the heat and fervor in the word may increase against the gates of death. Where people have been especially trained in the word, there they are most negligent. This is a common complaint of preachers. Such, ex such exhortation is therefore especially necessary, lest they fall into the contempt, into contempt and loathing of the word. Come everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters and he who has no money. Right. So even the preacher. Um, it, it is a time. And it seems to be mm, periodic. That uh, that the pastor, I'm just speaking from personal experience, uh, will lapse in study, in-depth study, and uh, consideration of God's word. Um, this is why um, it's important that you hold uh, preachers, or pastors, preachers accountable um, for their studies. So um, you know, there's times where I, I I don't want to prepare study notes, um, but the, I find those to be necessary for me to actually uh, consider the scripture that's going to be set before us with depth, right? Uh, whether we actually cover everything on those study notes, that's, again, um, to provide me that discipline that I don't um, fail to study the word and just simply try to speak, what do you want to say, off the cuff or uh, from my own resources, right? So to drink, drink deeply from uh, the waters that God offers here. That's the idea. Everyone who thirsts, etc. The church is the assembly that clings to the word, an assembly that is in need, in hunger and thirst. Yeah, whether she knows it or knows it not, right? Therefore, it attracts those who seek and love the word and deals with them, lest they be slothful or give up. It is as if he were saying, quote, embrace this holy teaching, which is applied and offered to you free of charge, end quote. Since it is a free gift, it is not to be acquired by one's own payment, something that only the godly souls understand. The ungodly world wants to be deceived. It does not receive things offered free of charge, but spurns them as worthless. Yet, it embraces the pre precious papistic things and does so even at high price. Formerly, the Pope gnawed so much wealth away from Germany, and yet the Germans most vehemently strove to obtain his wares. At length, so much was expended and set forth for those magnificent cloisters that they were therefore regarded with the highest reverence. All things that are free are accounted worthless. Thus, the gospel offered to the world free of charge is not accepted. Only the simple and unlettered pay attention to it, receive it, and embrace it zealously, something that we scarcely achieve by supreme vigils, frequent readings, and sermons. Right? It's to be received um, by the simple and unlettered. Those are the ones who receive it, not by all the scholars, because, I mean, of what value could be something that's given free of charge? It's a good point, right? Isn't it? Like I said, it's contrary to reason. Right? Wine and milk. Right? So who wants to deal with that? Milk belongs to children, wine to adults. Young milk should drink. Young, the young should drink milk, and wine should be served to the old. Those who are agitated by the temptations of the devil, of, sin, of death, sin, and by the afflictions coming from tyrants, right, they are those. Thus, the wine which they are to receive is strong, since they are already grown up in doctrine, which avails for all parts. They consume the wine. Milk is prepared for the children. 
It is applied in Holy Scripture to every capacity, whatever each mental condition may be, and in Scripture the person who find, will find his appropriate remedies. As the shepherd joins the little sheep together and makes them secure, so Scripture looks after the weak. Come, buy without money. You have a free gift. It is not as if someone should, could complain that he could not achieve it because of the high price. Indeed, teachings apart from the word are useless. They cannot in the least strengthen minds or pacify or establish the conscience with security, or certainty. Excuse me. I myself have experienced this. I spent a great deal of work on the angelic summary for the scholastic theology. That's referring to, uh, oh, something like uh, the Summa Theologica of, uh, of Aquinas, who was the doctor um, Angelicus, right? He did a great deal of work in scholastic theology, reading Aquinas. Yet it was my experience that I accomplished nothing. Nothing, right? First, he says, "Come," and the gift is offered free of charge. It is a new and wonderful thing. And then he says, why do you spend your money? Why do you expend money? All forms of, um, as he says, human righteousness are not able to provide the soul with one hour of peace. Why? Because they labor for that which is not bread. Therefore, all righteousness outside of grace is toilsome and futile. Thus, you see, the prophet is calling us away from our own righteousness in highly forceful and dramatic words and directing us to the free righteousness of God not to obtain anything from our own labor, but by someone else's labor, namely, the sure mercies of David, the son of David. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So yes, um, God's word is contrary to our thoughts and to our intention, but that doesn't mean we can't know it. Of course we can know it. We receive it. But we receive something that's free of charge. How can it be uh, the most valuable thing in the world, the priceless treasure, if it is free? See? Because it can't come from you, and it can't be earned. It has to be received as a gift. Okay, and then our epistle for tomorrow is from Ephesians chapter 5. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what um, the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. All right. Um, so here, uh, I think Paul cleverly is actually contrasting two kinds of wine. What? Right. Uh, the wine that gets us drunk, right, which is dissipation. But uh, then you have the Holy Spirit being likened to that wine, that milk and the wine, right? The Spirit's work is to deliver Jesus the word to you. So then he commends to us to be filled um, with, with that new wine, the wine of gladness, the wine of the word, I think is what's going on there. Uh, and I'm not unique in that. Johannes Bugenhagen, who was uh, Luther's uh, friend and uh, pastor in, in Wittenberg, um, has a few things to say about this. So first, um, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That should sound familiar to us, doesn't it? This means that as believers, you must seize whatever opportunity you get to do good and attend to the things of Christ, so that in every circumstance you may advance the cause of Christ and the work of godliness. Because the days are evil, not only because they are full of external persecution, but much more because godliness and the word of the gospel are being undermined and hindered. So the days are evil because it's the word of, of Christ, the gospel, that is being undermined and hindered. Oh, not just simply wars and rumors of wars, not just poverty and other kinds of distress, but the word of God is being persecuted. All right. The devil tries by every means to impede the work of the gospel. 
This is why Paul says that the days are evil, just as in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, he calls them dangerous. Um, that is, but know this, that in the last day perilous times will come. In the scriptures, there are also days of salvation, of destruction, of wrath, and so on, not because of the times themselves, which were created by God and are therefore good, but because of the things that happen to people at those times. Right? So that's Bugenhagen there on that text. Um, and then, again, to the wine, uh, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, or as it says here, uh, come to the waters you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. All right. So what does he have to say? Um, this is not about wine by itself, um, but about drunkenness. Wine is a good creation of God. It must not be condemned. Wine is, however, an indulgence, an extra, and in no way necessary. Too much of it produces lightheadedness, foolish talk, silly tales, jokes, out-of-tune singing, and lewd behavior. Uh, sounds like a typical night in Wisconsin. That you ought to look down on, even if you do not do anything worse because of them, and ask yourself what other people will think of you if they see you behaving like that. Again, lightheadedness, foolish talk, silly tales, jokes, out-of-tune singing, and lewd behavior. Drunkenness verges on blasphemy of the name of Christ and can take you away from God, as our Savior warns in Luke 21, 34. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and the day come on you suddenly. But, here we go, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul contrasts this with the drunkenness produced by wine, as if to say, you are better off asking God to let you become drunk with the Spirit, that is to say, with the feeling of God, so that you may know the things that are of the Spirit, so that if you come together for mutual comfort, your worship may include the Holy Scriptures, the Psalms, and other praises of God, and that you might sing to the Lord with spiritual song in your hearts. Right. So he's contrasting um, the out-of-tune singing of, uh, of the drunk versus the uh, in-tune singing of the Psalms. I love that. That's a great contrast. What I ask could be sweeter to our consciences than to know that when we have gathered together the word of God, the word of God would have pride of place in our midst, and that by such holy behavior we would not only be strengthening ourselves, but also challenging many others to sanctify the name of the Lord, so that he may have the kind of servants in whom the adversary could find nothing which he could justly reproach them for. All right. <clears throat> so this is the other aspect: is by neglecting um, the work of the Spirit, namely in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody, giving thanks to God together in Christian assembly around His Word. By neglecting that. Um, it actually uh, sets you up uh, to have the Satan prick your conscience, right? To say, oh, are you really a Christian? Or do you really believe that God's word is sufficient for faith and life? Because you don't really attend to it. You don't, you don't pray each day. You don't study his word. You don't uh, attend to Bible study. You don't, um, and you don't, you don't even go to church if you've got some other um, conflict, too much work at home or, or a road trip that you had planned or something like that, right? Um, so the, uh, uh, so Satan then has a, uh, uh, he's got an angle in to your conscience, uh, but God forbid that. I think that's wise. All right. So um, tomorrow, uh, pay it, it the, the, I mean, both of those themes are at play. Jesus invites um, you to a wedding feast, um, but pay attention to yourself that you not come by way of your own reason or strength, by your own ideas, um, nor come um, without attention um, to God's word and to what the word gives. Uh, lest you end up being like the man who comes without the wedding garment, who thinks he can enter into salvation apart from Christ, being clothed in Christ. All right. Good. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Triune God be thou our stay.
us from our sins, we pray, and grant us life forever. Keep us from the evil one, uphold our faith most holy, and let us trust thee so holy with humble hearts and lowly. Let us put God's armor on with all true Christians running, our heavenly race and shining, the devil's wiles and cunning. Amen, amen, this be done. So sing we hallelujah. Catchy little tune, easy to get into, into your head uh, so that you can sing it in times of need, huh? That's the gold. All right, let us pray. Almighty and merciful God of your bountiful goodness, keep us from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish whatever you would have us do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day in Thanksgiving with Nicole and Amy celebrating their birthday. Pray with the households of our church, especially that of Marion, Jodine, Roger and Sherry, Marlene, Jeffrey, and Len. We pray in Thanksgiving for Marcy's uh, and her gift of healing. Pray for all our catechumens, especially Wyatt, James, Aaliyah, Cole, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Allison, Joe, Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug, Donna, Jim, Sandy, Wendell, Darlene, and District President Willie. By the way, Wendell um, has come home and is recovering at home now. We also pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline, and the mission of the month, Orphan Grain Tray. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, uh, Saturday, October 21st, 2023. I hope it's been a blessing to you, um, a helpful edification, and help you think about um, all the texts tomorrow and the various hymnody and whatnot. You'll see how it ties together um, as we consider the the uh, parable of the wedding feast, right? All right. Very good. So, Lord be with you all, keep you safe, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. for Divine Service. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center, in Random Lake, Wisconsin. 
If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.